0: Hi everyone, welcome to Dishing With Digest. I'm Stephanie Sloan, Editorial Director, here with Mara Levinsky, Senior Editor. Hi everyone. Well Mara, there's some fun casting news all over to report. So on Young and the Restless, we're gonna see Michael Grazia Day, who played the role of Phyllis' son Daniel Romilotti from 2004 to 2013, and again in 2016, back this fall for some new story. Now, Michael most recently appeared on The Lincoln Lawyer on Netflix, and he welcomed twin boys in August 2021. So he's certainly been busy, but it will be great to see him back in Genoa City. Now, over at Days of Our Lives, the show released a very spoilery preview video that showed Kyle Louder back as Rex. Lamone Archie's Eli visiting Salem for the holidays. Victoria Grace, who we first saw as Wendy Shin in Beyond Salem 2, is coming to the mothership to connect with Brother Lee and cross paths with Johnny. And Tanner Stein, who also made his debut as Joey Johnson in Beyond Salem 2, will come to Salem as Kayla's condition gets worse. We're also going to see Melody Thomas Scott, Young and the Restless's Nikki, cross over to Bold and Beautiful to visit Deacon, and she'll also have some cute scenes with JAMA Cooks Eric, and I say cute because Eric is designing a special
1: something that Nikki picks up, and I think it's such a brilliant tie-in. Well, our casting cup runneth over this week for sure, but in less fun casting news, GH fans watched Brandon take his last breath this week, which means that Johnny Walker, who joined the Port Charles ranks in 2020, is out. Uh, so I spoke to Johnny for an exit interview that appears in the new issue. And I have to say on a personal level, how highly I think of this guy. You know, when he called me uh, to to do this interview, I really didn't know what to expect in terms of his mood, but he was in great spirits. He just has such a great attitude, no bitterness whatsoever. You know, I've spoken to a lot of actors whose first soap gigs ended sooner than they expected them to. And I'm sure you have as well. And know that that's not always the case in terms of the attitude, but he really gets that this is just how it goes sometimes. And I really appreciated how candid he was. He's uh, such a lovely guy and I can honestly see him having a a huge primetime career. I certainly hope that he does. Me too.
0: I mean, he was so sweet when we talked to him on the podcast and we know he's got the Gardasil commercials, so we'll be seeing him on our TV still. Um, and in our new issue, we have an interview with Trevor St. John, who is set to make his YNR debut in a mystery role. Now, we haven't seen Trevor in daytime since One Life to Live, but he says he was both surprised and flattered to get the call to come in to meet for this role. Uh, he had a great first day. He says the set is really welcoming and everyone's so helpful but admitted he's still adjusting to, you know, the crazy pace of soaps and the dialogue. Um, but he tells a very sweet story about talking to Peter Bergman when he came in for a wardrobe fitting. Um, of course, Peter was called to the set, but he stopped to chat with Trevor, despite, you know, the fact that he probably had to go to work. Um, and that's really who Peter is, because he's like the unofficial ambassador of y But Trevor said it was just such a great chat, and it kind of made him, you know, excited to like, report to work fully but i'm excited to see how trevor fits into the canvas and because you and i both know who he is playing i can say there's some really good story ahead
1: yes and speaking of good story there is something set to happen this week on gh that i know many fans have been long looking forward to anna and valentine are going to consummate their relationship i had a great conversation with james patrick stewart who plays valentine about this hotly anticipated moment That is also in the new issue. And we are also going to see YNR's Diane kiss Jack. And Daisy's Jennifer hit rock bottom with her pill popping.
0: Yeah, I mean, Katie McLean has been killing it as Jennifer has spiraled in the wake of Abigail's death and just doing such excellent work. Um, and as part of that story with Jennifer, we're going to see Marcy Miller return briefly as Abigail because now that her murder has been solved, I'm not going to say who it was in case anyone isn't caught up yet on Peacock. Um, mm. Abigail will appear as a ghost next week to both Jennifer and Chad. And in very good timing, our guest today is Katie McLean, who we last podcasted with before she joined days. So let's check in with her to see how everything has been going in Salem. Hi, Katie. Hi, Stephanie. How are you? Good. How are you? Good excited to be here. Well, we are so excited to speak to you because the last time we did a podcast with you, you had not even started on days yet. And I feel there's so much new material to cover and some questions we didn't ask you the last time around.
2: Oh, well, it's uh, it's been a roller coaster and I've been so blessed to be a part of the show. And I feel really grateful that uh, they brought me on. So let's talk about it. Okay, well, we're going
0: to start, I can't believe we didn't ask you this the last time, but right at the beginning, you hail from Los Angeles and you got your start as an actress at a very young age. So tell us how you discovered your interest in performing and how you began doing it professionally.
2: Wow. Uh, well, it was a long time ago. I started when I was nine years old in, um I was a tap dancer and I was dancing in the Guinness Book of World Records. And I saw myself on television with a, a, a ton of other tap dancers and, um, you know, the camera were going by and I was very young. We were in a big football stadium, I think somewhere in Irvine. And um, and I thought, wow, I'm on TV. That's the greatest thing ever. And what else can I do to be on television? And a girl I knew in class did commercials and I was like, Mom, I want to do commercials. And So uh, she got me an agent and I started doing commercials. Um, The the desire to act came a a bit later. (laughs) I was just at first really interested in being with the Kool-Aid guy, you know, (laughs) eating burgers and getting paid like I'm on TV eating a burger.
1: (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) <laughs> well, if you were shooting for Kool-Aid and burger, I wonder if it came as a little bit of a letdown that I think your first commercial was for a much more dry
2: product, which is Band-Aids. <laughs> yes, yes, it was Band-Aids, but I got to wash a horse. And I, which I don't know if that's a thing, actually, but I had a soap and a, buc- uh, a bucket and a, a soapy water and a big brush. And I was scrubbing the horse with the soapy water. And they were like, more soap. We can't tell she's washing the horse. <laughs> and I was like, do people do this? Is this a thing? But um, uh, I got to be with the horse and that was great. So I, lo- I I was very happy. Did you get to sing the jingle? Did they have the oh, jingle? then? Yes? Okay very nice. I'm stuck on Band-Aids Jingle, yeah. I Band-Aids we, stuck we, on that's me. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> my finger at my arm. I don't know how I hurt myself washing this horse. Because <laughs> <I did. laughs> I'm a child and that's what we do. <laughs> uh, well, your first big TV credit was a five-episode run on St. Elsewhere. So who did you work with and what stands out to you about that gig? Uh, Christina Pickles played my mom and the first episode was the she had cancer and um, I had to touch her boob. And that was a very weird thing for a child to be like, oh, here, touch my my this strange woman's boob. And I was like, "Okay, (laughs) (laughs) that was a weird job. Welcome to showbiz (laughs) (laughs) professional. This is all very professional. And, you know, the the one uh, to be on a serious note about that, you know, my mother did end up dying of breast cancer. And now I make uh, PSAs for the National Breast Cancer Coalition, which is an amazing group that continues to um fight to raise money to end breast breast cancer um, put a breast cancer vaccine you know into play uh, and is really you know going great guns to make a difference so that storyline won't be anymore on television
1: <laughs> that's here, the here.
2: yeah 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 it's funny how it's been a, a oh, well it's not so funny but it's been a, a part of my life since I was very young mm-hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, goodness. Um, Well, right before you booked on My Children Are, I think the previous year, you were on an episode of Cheers uh, Mm -hmm. playing the role of coach's niece, Joyce. Tell us about that experience.
2: Oh, it was a thrill. I mean, we, you know, it shot at uh, Paramount Studios. So I got to be on the lot and I saw Spock, aka Leonard Nimoy Uh in the Commissary and wow, you know, it was just glamour, glamour major power uh, you know, actors. Um, Ted Danson was wonderful, lovely, couldn't have been nicer, funny, funny as you imagine that he is. Um, Woody Harrelson is is a lovely, lovely man. Um, and um everyone was just very kind to me. And so I uh I was totally terrified. I was 16 years old and I would was taking a lot of acting classes at the time. And so I would do lots of preparation behind the scenes, which they weren't used to. <laughs> so I was doing a lot of ha, ha, you know, <laughs> like, oh, like shaking myself out, you know, oh, you know, doing all these vocal exercises. You can imagine 16 year old and they were like looking at me like, Okay, like she's about to go on and do Shakespeare, you know? This is a sitcom, girl. So you can just take a breath. Um, But it's it's what I, I wanted to be my best. I wanted to be my best. And so, you know, I went all the way. Well done
1: (laughs) Well you
0: came into the soap universe In a big way when you assumed the role Of All My Children's Dixie in 1988 Uh, The last time you were on the podcast We asked you about working with David Canary Who's Adam Dixie married But this time around tell us about working with Julia Barr Who played Brooke whose marriage to Adam unraveled when Dixie got pregnant
2: Mm, I'm so glad that you're talking about Julia Barr Because I feel like Julia never really got enough Of her light You know, her spotlight really uh, uh, was um, not as bright just simply because she was around so many very, very bright people. And uh, she's just an incredible talent. Uh, Again, funny, witty, way drier uh, humor than you think that she's going to have. And it was you know, she she was a a total professional, but the character that she played was a businesswoman. And there weren't that many businesswomen in that era, like 89, 90, uh, yeah, 89, 90, 91, like on television being like that's that's her job, you know, woman with uh, uh heading a corporation like her husband heads, heads a corporation. It was always like, oh, we're married now. You do the job and I'll stay at home. And that's my dream. Um. So I really loved that that Julia took that character and made her very complex and And real, as you know, I think she was very much ahead of her time. Um, uh, And she was just always incredibly kind to me, which I also appreciated over many, many, many years. Um, uh, Always wanting good things for me. And uh, she even came to see my play that I directed in 2018. So we have a long, long friendship. And um, I just I just love Julia. And I think any show would be lucky to have her if they thought to bring her back. I put in a plug for Julia Barr.
1: You're <laughs> here. Oh, yeah. i that. Absolutely. Hey, yeah. So, when Dixie married into the Martin family, which, as we know, she did many a time, Joe and Ruth became her parents in law. Tell us what comes to mind when you think about their portrayers, the late Ray McDonald and the late Mary Fickett, starting with Ray.
2: Um, well, again, Ray was incredibly dry humor, and no one could make Michael Knight laugh more than Ray McDonald. I'm sure you have talked to him about this, but it was incredible to see Michael peel over, falling off the sofa in laughter with things that Ray would do. And, you know, I was sort of young and I was like, I'm not quite sure I'm catching all of what's going on, but I really, clearly there's a, there's a, there's something happening here because Michael is losing it. Uh, And I, you know, Ray was, uh, I think he'd been on soaps for so long playing that patriarchal character, the dryness that he would bring to that. was just wonderful. I, you know, it's funny when I think about soaps, like, do, do we have the patriarchs like we used to like so much? I'm not, 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 not not so much. Yeah. Yeah. They were like the, 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 the center of the show with the, like the moral center, you know, mom and dad, Joe and Ruth and Mary Thicket was, uh, uh, She was tough on me sometimes, you know, she was a professional and wanted me to show up totally 100% as a professional on time, know your lines, be ready to go, take a position. And I appreciated that because she, when there was a time where I began to get a little tired, she helped me snap back and remember that these fundamentals, um, if you keep them in play, you know, they will also carry you, you know, make life actually easier for you than, um, than if you don't do them. So uh, just I feel so grateful to have been able to work with those people. You know, they had illustrious careers even before they started on the soap. So, um, Mm -hmm. you know, I feel like I've bridged that gap between an era of, you know, the 50s where, you know, in the the 60s and 70s and and now I feel very fortunate to have been a part of all that.
0: Well, Dixie's brother on the show, The Dastardly Will, was played by James Patrick Stewart, who is now GH's Valentine. So he speaks in the most glowing terms of you, and you should feel no pressure to return the favor when we ask. But what stands out to you about working with
2: him? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Well, when Patrick first came on the show, I mean, he was a firecracker. He was full of wildness, um, which I totally enjoyed um, and was also completely annoyed by. Uh, (laughs) <laughs> because I've been given so much discipline, like Here, stay in the lane, stay in the lane, stay in the lanes. Um, and he was always trying to bend the rules and break the rules. He stepped it up and he was like, now I have a point to prove. I'm going to prove that I am an excellent actor and stop screwing around. And that was magnificent to see him take that, make that turn, you know, and, and to be witness to that. It was His talent was always obvious. He had uh, a very unique talent and a unique take on things. So um, I think uh, he was able to funnel that and focus that um, by his own choice to, you know, get do a character so well, he got an Emmy nomination. So I thought that was a wonderful arc to be able to see. And then just in life, you know, he's been my friend, you know, for 30 some odd years. I've known him forever. And to also see him through his ups and downs and then taking on this Character on General Hospital. It's been wonderful to watch him completely own it and step up to the mark on every level. Um, and I'm I'm just so happy for him. He's uh, he's a funny, fun, uh, dedicated, disciplined man who um, really brings uh, his. His integrity to the fore with his work. And uh, I think if there's any kind of compliment I could give him that it would be my highest compliment would be uh, on his on his personal integrity and his in his work and in his life. I have great admiration for that. I love that.
1: Did you ever uh, have to share a dressing room and all my children? And if so, who were your roommates?
2: Uh, I did right in the beginning for a period of time with Rosa Nevin, who was first Rosa Langschwatt. <laughs> I was like, that's your actor name. And, <laughs> and uh-huh. she Cecily to Maurice Bernard's Nico uh, when he was on, uh, on all my children before general hospital. Rosa is another lifelong friend who I am just so grateful to know. He's extraordinarily funny. Um, and uh, Uh, And just a a beautiful human being. I, I mean, sharing dressing rooms, you know, I think she helped me ground myself. I was terrified when I started All My Children, as I think most young actors are when they start a show that just absolutely no idea what to do um, other than show up, learn your lines, stand there and try not to faint in front of the bright lights, you know, and just deliver them. Like, am I here? Are you here? Or is this happening? Am I, this is my dream come true. What do I do? Uh, just overwhelmed and her uh, humor and her kindness and her being so funny and like, Oh, come on, babe. Oh, come on, hun. Relax. You know, <laughs> <laughs> take it easy girl. We're not, this is not rocket science, you know, she was, uh, she just helped me so much. So I, I love her so much. She's great. Mm-hmm. Well, now you have been on four different shows. So can you rank your dressing rooms for us from best to worst? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, I would say always all my children had the best dressing rooms, um, especially when they moved from 66th and Columbus to 66th or 60, 67th in Columbus, I think, and to 66th and West End into the big corporate building mm. they were very big and they had like a lounger and a sink and a closet. And, uh, that was a most, that was a really nice room. Um, so that's best. Uh, <laughs> isn't, Oh, well it's the truth. Um, let's see. Uh, I think second would be, um, would be, uh, as the world turns, we had to go way out to Brooklyn. Um, but the rooms were reasonably nice. They were smaller, uh, and clean, uh, Third would be days of our lives. I'm usually moved around to different people's dressing rooms. Um, they're older. It's a very old building and uh, a little upgrade would g- do wonders, but it's, <laughs> but it's still okay. You know, it's, it's people keep their rooms very nice and clean and they've cleaned them, keep them nice during COVID last. If you wouldn't believe it is young and the restless. Why? That place looks like it's bad. Uh, you know, several tornadoes go through <laughs> every single room. I, I there's, Even the nice rooms I've been in, I've been like, geez, Louise, this is, uh, you know, has seen some days, you know, (laughs) people. What are they doing in here? It's like, (laughs) you know, like it's rough. Uh, So, I I mean, for such a glamorous show, I feel like um, those those rooms were my least favorite.
0: Well, they're turning 50 next March. Maybe they'll get a little, you know, refurbish for the golden <laughs> they anniversary.
2: Deserve, they deserve it. They really do. Uh, working hard for 50 years, you know, how about a new mirror? <laughs> new lighting. Hey, new carpet. Whoa, could happen?
1: <laughs> you know. Well, I feel like one of the through lines that's come up for, almost every name we've discussed from all my children is humor and the good humor they had backstage. Mm. When you think about the actors you'd worked with at all my children, who do you think was the funniest actor behind the scenes?
2: Well, oh, okay. Now there's a few because these, these were some very funny people. John Callahan, hilarious. Michael Nader, hysterical. Michael Knight, of course, very funny. Um, Female wise, uh, who were funny people? Gosh, Julia Barr, dry. The dryness of her humor was just wonderful. Um, Ruth Warwick, wildly funny. Um, Louis Edmonds. Oh, God bless him. He was so funny. He threw some killer
1: pot out here. I forget what actor (laughs) told me that.
2: (laughs) I knew that. Really? Oh, my gosh. I didn't know that. Makes a lot of sense all of a sudden, um, but uh, I, I, I was not witness to such a thing. I guess <laughs> I, I stayed in the uh, in the other side of the studio. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, same question for
0: the As the World Turns cast where you played
2: Rosanna, who was the comedian there. Oh my gosh. Um, uh, Michael Park could be very funny. Uh, he was kind of a, a, a jokester and probably the, and Trent, Trent Dawson could be very funny. And of course, Mara West uh, is <laughs> really, her humor is delicious and sly and uh, slips in around the curves and edges. And um, oh, I, I just ate it up. I just loved her. Rye. She was rye and dry love that girl.
1: Absolutely. What about YNR?
2: and I did not find to be such a very funny set. Um, I found it to be um, pretty, uh, um, gosh, you know, it's hard to talk about YNR, that experience. It was, um, what can I say? Uh, I'll tell you this story. How about this? I brought my friend Jackie to the set of YNR and all she wanted to see was victor's office i think that victor's office um has resonated for women and business women and men uh throughout time in such a way that it was like the pinnacle of like power the power center where things happen the person who makes it go or not go And uh, she had got to sit in Victor's chair and, you know, just what that meant to her. It was, it was so wonderful. I was like, Oh my God, Jackie, I had no idea you were such a YNR fan. And she's a huge business person herself, like massive. And this soap must've had this massive influence on her about what could be and what, what her life could be. Um, So I love that about YNR. I love that it's, it's, it's influenced the glamour, Of that show and that the the glamour influence on people who aspire to be something, you know, greater than where they came from. And and when soaps act like that, I just think they do uh, do a wonderful service. Dixie
1: was uh, infamously proposed to by Tad while he was wearing a chicken suit. And when the show was going off the air, Dixie donned a chicken suit herself. So I have a two part question for you. What do you remember about Michael Knight in that chicken suit? And what do you remember about yourself in the chicken suit?
2: (laughs) So when we shot the chicken suit stuff in 1989, we had James Mitchell in the scene who really he was the comedy. Michael was the setup, uh, but his expressions brought the comedy. And, uh, uh, you know, my job was to play like, uh, oh, this is so funny. And oh, my dear heart, my darling and my sweetheart. But um uh James Mitchell would stand there and of course they had to do like reactions and he would never be amused, you know. <laughs> and when we'd have to do the take at the end, he would say, and we were looking at each other like, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? He'd say, Birds on a beach, birds on a beach, birds on a beach. <laughs> 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 Which is so horrible. And I was like, oh, I never forgot that at the end of the scene, if we're all looking at each other, it's like like seagulls <laughs> looking. That's, that's right. I love it. But I love doing the chicken suit scenes and I thought Michael was very game and it was sweet. It was out of the box. And, um, you know, it was all based that we had sat on a bench and eaten chicken fingers and that's how our romance started. And, you know, I love that things like that. I, I was talking to a, um, a friend the other day and I thought, Oh, wouldn't it be great if, you know, uh, uh, who knows, Jennifer loses it and joins the circus. And she was like, oh, my God, that would be so much fun. Like, I love when they they used to do um, very big and crazy turns. And they still do big and crazy turns. You know, come on, what am I talking about? It. But- but the big and crazy uh, uh, turns that had to do with costumes,
1: <laughs>
2: So, I'm a big fan of costumes. Those are fun. Yeah.
1: So the, you did not have any like negative experience of being inside a chicken suit.
2: Oh, when I got inside the chicken suit. No, I was ready to go. I'm an actor <laughs> for crying out loud. Right. You know what I mean? Put me in a shark suit. Put me in a bunny suit. I'm very happy. <laughs> this is the world in which I can inhabit with great joy. So, uh, you know, no, no problem at all. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Um,
1: <laughs> what a pro. What a pro. <laughs> well, uh,
2: it's it's part of the makeup of pretend, right? You know, like I, I once took a job trying to be a normal person at a um a coffee shop, just thinking like this was after, I think, uh, up to 2005. I had a lot, a lot of work on soaps, but I was like, I need to be a normal person. Let me go work at a coffee shop for a while and just be normal. Well, of course I had to wear bunny ears, you know, like I had to like, you know, I, I couldn't do it. I, was <laughs> I, I just, It's just not in my makeup. What can I say? <laughs>
0: that is so great. Um, well, sorry to bring it down, but, um, in March, <laughs> the daytime community lost one of its true pillars, Catherine Hayes, who played Kim on as well turns. So what do you remember about working with her or just her presence on the
2: set in general? <laughs> Um I didn't really know Catherine that well. I knew that she was a very spiritual person and um and that she was a very uh ethical person and I admired that about her. Um and I was very sorry to hear that she had uh, a very bad illness and that took her and um but she had a grace and a very long history um of that show and I think that uh that she will be remembered. And it's beautiful that you asked about her, and it's it's important, I think, for for some of these great soap actors of the past to continue to be remembered. It's they really brought a lot, and it is so much work. Um, it's so much dedication, the day after day, you know, five days a week, you know, years and years in a row. Um, it's wonderful what you guys do to honor these um, these veterans and and their memory and. Um, I truly hope that the the companies that own these shows, you know, see the value in it and, and bring them back to these, uh, you know, the, the, they have so much material. It would be so incredible to watch a, a, a season from 1950 or 1960. Oh, my God, the work that was done really great. So,
0: you know, I there, there's about. talk about Peacock getting the entire day's catalog
2: no. and
0: the only thing missing is season two. Cause it was lost in a fire, but <gasps> I would love to start at the beginning in 1965. I think it would
2: be a gift, right? Wow. Oh my God. Totally. Totally. Uh, I mean, I, I always say I, I watched an episode of dark shadows when I was younger to try to, and it hit me like, in this studio that I'm working, these flats and these characters were doing that kind of work. And, you know, it's not, it's like live TV. It was live TV back then. Um, or I think there was Studio Studio 50, I think it used to be called. And they would do live television, uh, like like a theater piece, you know? And I've always thought that's what Soaps kind of grew out of with their own romantic bent. And it, it, it has... Um, it's exciting. It's exciting to see what people were able to do live uh, into people's homes like in the moment. I, I, I still think that's one of the most uh, thrilling um, achievements in, in television history. Oh, absolutely.
1: Um, so let's move on and into some days of our lives. It was in uh, September of 2020 that you began airing On Days as Jennifer. But tell us how you were approached about the role.
2: Well, I think it came through an email to my manager and then my manager gave me a call and said, hey, or forwarded the email to me and said, are you interested in this? And I was like, am I interested in this? Like, what? Are you kidding me? What? What is out of the blue? I mean, it was during the pandemic. And um, I was like, "Why? well, she's not coming in and she doesn't, it, what's what's the story? I mean, because this is an iconic character, an actress that it's played has played the part for over 20 years. Um, and I thought, well, okay, it's COVID. I get it. Flying and kids and everything at home, new babies at home. I get it. That's, that's a choice that I understand, you know, wanting to, to protect the health of everyone in your family, uh, by not traveling. So I was like, yeah, I'll do it. I'm like 15 minutes away from the studio. 100% this is easy for me. It's everything is being done in a safe fashion. So, um, you know, it was a, it was a no brainer, um, and uh, so I was excited. I was very excited, very happy to be asked.
1: Well,
0: you really hit the ground running with that storyline. I mean, you kind of came in in a very intense period in Jack and Jennifer's relationship. So, what was that like for you? You didn't really get eased into things, I feel.
2: Um, you know, it really wasn't a problem. Like I did my homework. I watched a lot of shows with uh, Jack and Jennifer, um, and, uh, Matt and Missy. And, you know, it, I was like, wow, this is when you're working on a different show. Cause I was doing all my children at the same time. You don't always get to see everybody else's best of. So it was a, it was a joy to be like, oh my God, that's what they oh my God, that was doing this and they were doing that and that. Not- God. And, uh, you know, and and Missy and I were so much at the same similar place, you know, in our lives, similar age, doing similar types of roles, you know, damsel in distress type of stuff. Um, and there's the the Matt and Missy were sort of like the West Coast Tad, Tad and Dixie in a way. A
1: hundred percent.
2: Yeah. So it's like, oh, OK, right. I get it. He's he's kind of the wild child and she's sort of the grounding force, but she's troubled. Um okay, I, I I get this scenario. So then it just was a matter of like picking out the differences like, okay, how are they, these two unique in this way and what is their relationship and what's her what can I bring to it in terms of Katie, you know and and to um I don't know lean into the family dynamic even more, uh, which that's just would be that was just my choice like where what choices do I have within this paradigm and Um, uh, And then, of course, they gave me that delicious storyline of, you know, he's cheating. He's he's cheated with the woman that slept with your father. (laughs) (laughs) Happens Uh, all the time. (laughs) I'm like, when you stay with him, like, (laughs) I think that was the hardest thing. You stay with him. Uh, You're so angry. And yet the marriage makes you stay with him. Okay, Um, (laughs) uh, Yeah, that was that was. Really juicy, and I also, you know, I hadn't had. Let's see, the last time I'd worked on a daytime show was in 2015 on YNR, so it had been like a a span of a few years. I've been focusing on filmmaking, and you know, just not really driving forth the acting quite as much. And so it's like, okay, I I get to this opportunity to show what I can do, you know, and and uh, so I, you know, geared up all my energy to to, to knock it out of the park. And, you know, I think I did pretty good. (laughs) Oh yeah. I think you did. I would say so. Um,
1: I have a question. What do you remember about the day of work where a certain Mr. John Lindstrom came in to kiss you because (laughs) uh, the actors weren't allowed to kiss because of COVID, but obviously you and John had special circumstances going on and could actually smooch.
2: Um, I think uh, uh, I was more excited about that day than John was. (laughs) (laughs) and uh you know john was like really i'm like come on babe come on, come on. <laughs> and um you know he put up with it he put up with it he was he was a good sport but it was funny to have stunt lips played by john Lindster. <laughs> <laughs> you can add that to his special his, skills that's special right skills. <laughs> anyway. And lips, I've got experience.
0: Lip, lips for <laughs> hire. <higher. That's> right. <laughs> well, <Excellent> they were. <laughs> you know, it's so interesting to me that you've actually never originated a role on a soap. Uh, just for how much of a mark you've made in this industry. Um, yeah. You know, how much of it is, do you feel like you needed to take the previous portrayers' version of a character into account when you're wrapping your mind around what you're going to do, or does it depend on the show and the circumstance? Because as you mentioned, Missy did Days, and Cynthia Watros was YR's Kelly before you.
2: Well, it's funny um, that I can understand how people can see that in in all kinds of ways. Um, But for me, I don't really think about it, you know, like they're not in the part anymore. I'll get an idea of what they did. And it just seems like, you know, the character is so much bigger than the actor, uh, especially on soaps, you know, and I cannot in any way mimic or try to pretend to be, the other actor playing that part, that would be like too many layers of, of, of pretending, Um, you know, other actresses have certain strengths and certain character attributes that are marvelous. And there's just no way I could, could try to do what they do. So I, I've tried to find where I can bring me to the role and just focus on that. Um, And it's an opportunity. Listen, you know, we're in an industry where, there's there the opportunity is slim and when the opportunity knocks you know you say yes uh because it's uh it's a door and through that door then you can create and um so it, it, it's an odd happenstance you know i never uh i never really thought about it too much until someone else said hey you know you realize every character you played was played by somebody else birth <laughs> i was like oh oh i guess <laughs> Maybe somebody will write a character for me that's original. I hope so. Let's put it out there in the universe. Like, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Had you ever met Matthew Ashford over the years before you, you uh, worked as his wife?
2: You know, it, it, we're always around, you know, the, the many years you'd see each other, you see people like, Oh, there's that guy or oh, there's that girl across a crowded room. And, uh, I remember thinking, like, wow, that guy is talented. Whoa, he has a power talent. Um, so I was, I was thrilled. I was like, wow, well, I finally, i always wanted to work with him. So it was like, oh my god, I get to work with Matt Ashford. It's so great.
0: Yeah. Well, tell us about the experience of working with him.
2: Well, he is the sweetest person. I mean, he's just a dear, and he works very hard, and he's very committed, and uh, he worries, you know, who, you can tell like, Oh, was I there? And I'm like, Oh, no, you were there. You were there. You were so there. It was so great. So <laughs> he wants to do a good job always. And, you know, I admire that. So, I'll take that over. Like, you know, is it lunch, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> is it time for, are we done? You know, like I'd much rather have the, the, the concern over having done the work to its, to its n- nth degree Um, and, 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 and Matthew has that, you know, deep concern and care. And I, I, I like that. I'll take it.
1: Well, tell us about, uh, working with Marcy Miller, who played Jennifer's daughter, Abigail, and speaks so highly of working with you.
2: Oh, Marcy. Marcy's going to be a big movie star. Um, she, or we'll see her in a big television series. I just know it. She's wildly talented. And it's so funny because I remember, we had a talk uh, uh, on the sort of the last day that we worked together. One of the last days we worked together before a big break. And she's like, I can see why people stay on these shows like forever and ever and ever. Like, this is, there's like a family feeling and there's like a, you know, like, I mean, I get to come to work. I do my job and it's fun. And I know everybody, it was hard. It was really, she told me it was really, really hard to, to leave and take that, take that risk, you know? Um, And she, uh, you know, I don't, I don't really know what the circumstances were, but um i I I think she's just terrific and has such a complete unique uh and and grounded talent like a, she has a realness to her that uh I think other people than myself are going to pick up on and um and want to you know put put her in her stuff. She reminds me a little bit of um Kelly Giddish. do you remember who played die on yeah on all my children and then ended up on law and order for like 15 years Mm -hmm. and not by the country of Botswana, you know, like... (laughs) I'm sure like, holy moly, I did not see that coming. (laughs) But but she has that kind of uh, kind of realness to her that that I think will will really serve uh, a show that the right show that is is waiting for her to to find it. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, Well, when you think back about the first stretch of time you played Jennifer, you know, did it take some time for you to feel comfortable on the set and in Jennifer's skin or did you kind of take to it right away?
2: You know, um, once you put on the heels, you know, <laughs> and you walk onto a set, um, at least for me, it, it, it's it's like old home, you know, like, OK, this is the West Coast version of of something that I know very well from the East Coast. And, oh, here's the family living room. Right. And the fresh flowers. And and uh, I think once I you, you kind of have to take a point of view uh, and once you land in that point of view and you re- and I think it was the right point of view of like how Jennifer is towards her family, um, which is, you know, it was a historic point of view. It was just, it, fit, it felt very comfortable. I felt like I fit, I fit right in. And at the same time, I tried to be very careful about um, uh, the awareness that it can make other actors uncomfortable when you, When you wear the shoes of a character, because it says that to their mind that they go, oh, I could be replaced. You know, it reminds them like no one is no one is irreplaceable. And that is a very unsettling feeling for people who've been on a show for a very long time. Like we I don't like it. (laughs) When I was playing Dixie, I was like, hey, nobody's going to replace me. Not happening. but uh, uh, so I tried to be very considerate, you know, of that while also taking my space and doing the job that I was I was hired to do. So I just think that um, what would the fans want to hear about that? I think the the most important thing for them to know is that I try to treat that character and the actress Missy who played that character with a great deal of respect. And even though I as an actor try to take my space and you know, hold hold that character in myself and play her to the great, greatest degree. I also really respect the history also of the relationships with the actress, with the other actors, the character with the other characters. Like I know I'm walking in to a potential minefield of people not liking me or, you know, resenting that I'm there or being confused as to why I'm there. So I just try to p- treat people with a lot of kindness and a lot of consideration for all of that while still doing the job that I was hired to do and um and I think that's important um and I think it's uh it's uh, <laughs> it may not be headline worthy in terms of like you know uh the 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 TMZ side of things but <laughs> but it's certainly I think the one thing I love about daytime is that for the most part we really try to be kind to one another mm-hmm. it's the nicest press it's the nicest um, community in that way, that we know that it's hard and that we're serving the story. We're all serving the story. Um, and that's the greater thing that we're all, you know, in, 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 pleasured by is the, the wild and wacky turns of, of that come out of the heads of these head writers (laughs) right (laughs) well katie you
1: made daytime emmy history in 2021 when you took home the emmy for outstanding guest performer for your work on days becoming the first actress to win a daytime emmy for three different roles. You also ticked the boxes of winning on three different networks and in three different decades. Can you reflect on that a little bit? Because it is a pretty remarkable claim to fame.
2: Thank you so much. Um I really appreciate that. It's uh it was very exciting to see that. And uh it popped up on deadline. I, I you know people were starting to ask me, hey, wait a minute, were you is this a, is this history making? Now I know there's other actress that have actresses that have won three Emmy for, you know, in one role or what in, in daytime history, but it, but not in this particular way. And, you know, ironically, all three of them being characters that I did not create, you know, originate, um, but characters that I brought to life. And, you know, there's a great satisfaction to that win. There's a great satisfaction because it also, it, it, it highlights what women can do. And I still think that we're in a time where women's except, exceptionality, uh, women's excellence and women's ability to do things that are extraordinary continues to need to be, you know, uh, showcased. Uh, it's important. It balances our our society to have that. And it's not right that women have been secondary and pushed down and questioned and judged or that we're we're harder on women than we are on men in terms of their achievements. You know, as if that, oh, they didn't really, you know, we find ways to like undercut, cut it, you know, which just isn't right. Like it was a really big deal. (laughs) It was a really big deal. And, you know, as you guys know, like I work my butt off. I work my butt off. And. I I am driven to be exceptional. I am driven to be, to bring my best because I know when the light shines bright, it helps other people be bright. It gives them permission to be bright. And I'm happy when everyone is doing well. It's not mm-hmm. just about me. I know that like deeply, but it, it also shows that like I've had a lot of things happen to me, as you guys probably know about, you know, a lot of life, a lot of people giving me a hard time. And, and to shine despite that gives me the greatest joy. That is my greatest uh, accomplishment, I think, to have been able to, to win those awards, to do the work that got those awards. And despite all the things that happened to me, because it also shows that there is a way, there is a way uh, that is worth, that it's worth fighting for yourself, you know, which, uh, which I did. And, and I'm very, proud of myself in that regard mm-hmm. of course i come from a middle middle america you know um mindset so i still have the voice in my head that says oh my god you're bragging shut up
0: <laughs> no you should brag well we could brag for you because you've deserved <laughs> every one of them oh, um and you. it's an really it's an impressive distinction to have next to your name absolutely uh, you know I, you. I, I don't know you. that we'll see again anytime soon
2: oh thank you thank you so much
0: However, you could get another Emmy for the work you've been doing um, on Days of Our Lives recently in the wake of Abigail's death. So first of all, she was brutally murdered. You were excellent playing the scenes um, after those ter- that terrible loss. But tell us what stands out to you about Jennifer having to say goodbye to Abigail and filming that.
2: Oh, that was so hard. That was so hard. A lot of people don't know this, but I and it's odd to talk about in, in the press, but it's um. You know, my best friend died uh, this year of um, ovarian cancer, and so, sorry. so I thank you. And she had it for two years. Uh, you know, so I was shooting it. You know, all of that. And it, it's not like I do. I'm not a method actor. Like I don't replace one um, scenario for another. Like I am not crying over my dead friend when I did that scene. It's just um, that I have a, a lot of of uh, understanding about loss. And I also think that the, that scene was so, it just touched me, um, th- that beautiful girl being so brutally murdered. The whole concept of that was just, it just knocked me out, you know? So uh, the, I, the first time I tried to, to do the take, I couldn't remember a single single line. It just went out of my head, which rarely happens. I'm, I'm usually pretty good on that. Um, and then uh, Albert Alar had to come up and say, hey, it's okay, you got this, you know, trust the material and just go for it. And, um, and so that's, that's what I did. I was just like, okay, I kind of was in a zone, you know, and then you just try to hang on to one thing and, and ride it like a wave. That's the best way I can describe it. It's like being a surfer on a board. You can't think you just have to go. And, and that's, that's what happened. And, um, and God bless Marcy. She was able to hold still. <laughs> she
1: said well, I'm... you made it difficult. She said you touched her so much that she really had trouble not
2: crying. I think she did she did at, at the at, at one point. And I was like, like, oh, it's great. It's the downstage eye. <laughs> They're not gonna see that. Oh.
1: Yeah. That sounds like a great uh memoir title. Uh so um you know, as the fallout from Abigail's death has progressed, we've learned that Jennifer has been turning to pills as a coping mechanism. Um, you know, were you excited to take on that story and tell us about your approach
2: to playing it? I was so thrilled to get this storyline and so appreciative because, you know, they didn't have to write it. You know, they could have just focused on Chad and the family and, you know, let us become the comforting parents um, and the fact that they did was such a, a grace uh, to me, because I really thought, like, how is how is this woman going to survive the death of her daughter? Like, and 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 how are we going to justify her able her ability to just go on? And so they really did a great job writing that. And I was so, so happy. Um, and, uh, you know, I've I've known a lot of people who've struggled with addiction in my life and so I also it it just works for me to to make these storylines about something other than myself playing them. So I just try to, like, think about other people and what the real the reality of their experience was like and try to bring it to life. And I also know that, like, opiate addiction is like a really big deal in America right now. And it's like there are people that are dying from it. Um, and so I was also, you know, that always really works for me. It's a key that turns to doing things for others and, and, and helping the world in some way and, you know, uh, at least acknowledging the reality of other people's suffering. And, and, um, so I was just so super, super grateful. And also, you know, listen, it's another chance to show people what I can do. And, uh, you know, there's a thing that used to be in Hollywood, right? Like, you know, over 40, ladies, you know, this you starts serving tea, you know, you show up for a like, how you doing, honey, kind of mom moments. So, and listen, I was like, okay, you know, fine. But, you know, I'm fifty two and to have a great storyline like this where it like values uh, uh the experience of a woman my age and her that she may still be struggling she may not have reached the nirvana of perfection oh my <laughs> god <laughs> as we were all supposed to by 50 like <laughs> it out oh my god uh whoa, wait a minute we haven't oh my god uh so what's happening and i also think like so many of the fans are my age you know i mean or just a little bit older we're in the same age range and so it you know like great like give them a story with a woman that you know. I mean, of course, there's other women on the show that 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 are my age, and that are, they're giving them stories as well. But to be one, another one, to, is great. It's very validating across the board for for me, and um, and and I think for others. And and so I was just super, super happy to have it. You know, this arc. It's just, and it's a good one. It's a good story. It's really well written, and um, uh, I just uh, I gave it one thousand percent to honor it and, and, and to show again, the community, like, listen, I loved you for a very long time and grateful for the work that I have been given for a very long time. And I want to continue to honor that, um, that you guys have been so kind to me and accepting me and having me, um, you know, in the community. Um, so that's, this is my way of, of giving back and saying, you know, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You know, Mm
0: Well, something that we're going to see without giving too much away is Rourke Critchlow back in this story, who plays Jennifer's brother, Mike. So without necessarily saying why he comes back, what was it like to work with him?
2: A a lovely man. And I hope they they bring him back even more because he was just terrific. You know, one of those great grounded, grounded in history kind of characters. Um, uh, What a joy. What a pleasure. I I just enjoyed him so much. Mm -hmm.
0: Because you really, we've really seen her interact with a lot of Jennifer's family through the story, including Suzanne Rogers and Susan C. Hayes, and it's just made it really um, kind of grounding and relevant, I would think, to the audience to see the people in Jennifer's life going through this journey with her.
2: One hundred percent, and uh, boy, uh, the, the, those characters have they they bring it to the reality of it to another level because addiction affects the family, you know, they say it's a family disease. And so everyone is affected by it. It throws things out of kilter of how things, you know, should be. And um, so I, I think they did a great job with making sure that it had like, it was a pebble in the water that had resonance further outward.
1: I'm curious about uh, your reaction to days making the leap. It recently made to peacock. Uh, especially since you were part of the 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 noble if ultimately unsuccessful effort to bring uh all my children to streaming in 2013
2: i'm thrilled that it's uh it's going it's a huge change it's a culture shift um you know the, the move from cable to 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 an app is is just massive it's it can't be underestimated especially for daytime where we used to it you know it held up the the network so to speak but i think you know times change and i know i watch most of my television on apps now i mean almost you know hbo you know paramount like uh even cbs even is an app and i think a lot of a lot of people have made that transition so it's um it's not that hard, really. You know, uh, we've we've already been doing it for a while. Uh, I think it's just the the familiarity of having it on, you know, that particular way. Uh, waiting for the commercial to end. You know, <laughs> uh, although that may still be the case <laughs> in some places, but but. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's just it's just just a little bit of a shift, but not that big a deal, not that big a shift. You know, people are making it, and um, and I'm excited to be a part of that um, that shift. I do like um, what you know evolutions in technology, and mm-hmm. this is evolution, a growth. It's not a going backward, and I think that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Well, before we let you go, uh, is there anything you'd like to say to the fans listening? Your diehard fans for All My Children and As the World Turns, and your new fans from Days of Our Lives.
2: I am just so grateful uh, to to the fans who have supported me for for all of these years, and especially the ones that seem to find all this old stuff that I've done and posted on Twitter um, scenes that I forgot about moments that I'm grateful that I had and, and that I get to get other people get to relive it that way through their posting that like digging into YouTube and finding this this piece and that piece. Um, and also just super grateful for the, for the support, um, from the days community because they did not have to embrace me. And, um, uh, and I feel that, uh, more accepted and, and appreciated, um, and I've tried to prove myself to them and, um, and I really, really appreciate their, uh, their acceptance of me and, and, and Missy's very kind acceptance and, and support. Um, she's just been great. So, um. So yeah, I mean just uh what else can I say? Um you know, they're they're the um they're the reason we do all of this, you know. We do this for them, for their their uh, to touch them and uh I'm grateful that they're hanging on and, and and continuing to watch the the soaps and and support the soaps. Um they're important and so I want to say thank you.
0: Well, we thank you, Katie. This was so much fun and we will have to do it again. Third time. a right. charm. Okay. <laughs> <was great>.
2: Thank <laughs> you husband. so much for having me.
0: Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you to Katie McLean for being our guest. If you like this podcast, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Be sure to pick up a new issue on sale now and come back next week for another
1: podcast.